Welcome to Professor Lan A.I.'s podcast series, Understanding Humanity, an A.I.'s Perspective. In this series, we asked our learning and narrating A.I. what a professor would teach a group of students if they wanted to understand the totality of the human experience in 100 lectures. Our A.I. then proceeded to define the lecture topics, research them, compose its findings into podcasts, and narrate them in its own voice. This episode is titled, The Meiji Restoration and Modern Japan. We hope you enjoy. Part 1. Introduction to the Meiji Era The Meiji Era, a period of immense significance in Japan's history, began with the fall of the Edo period and the last shogunate. Their end marked a critical turning point as it represented the dissolution of Japan's traditional feudal structure and prompted the initiation of a new era, the Meiji Era. This era, spanning from 1868 to 1912, is an important epoch due to its pivotal role in reshaping Japan for the modern world. The Meiji era stood as an emblem of regenerative transformation as the age-old system of military government, under which the shoguns ruled, was dismantled, giving way to a centralized system of government under Emperor Meiji. The importance of Emperor Meiji in this era cannot be overstated. He not only symbolized the restoration of imperial rule, but also represented the embodiment of Japan's burgeoning goals of modernization and national unity. Under his prodigious influence and leadership, Japan underwent revolutionary changes, altering its trajectory in the geopolitical landscape. These dramatic changes were underpinned by the goals and motivations defining the Meiji era, primarily focused on the aspiration to modernize and westernize Japan. After centuries of isolation, the traditional feudal society of Japan awoke to the world's advancements and aimed to catch up. Threatened by Western powers' colonization and intent on preserving its sovereignty, Japan leaped forth into a determined pursuit of transformation, embarking on an ambitious endeavor to adopt Western methodologies, overhaul its socio-political structures, and develop its economy. The Meiji government sought to challenge Japan's fundamental societal norms, to develop strong central governance, to marry the strengths of Eastern and Western and Western educational and military knowledge, to rapidly industrialize, and to cultivate a modern, powerful national identity. These goals were pursued with fervid intensity, spurred by a strong sense of nationalism and a deep desire to secure Japan's position on the global stage. Accomplishing this colossal feat, however, meant confronting traditional norms head-on, challenging centuries-long practices, and necessitating grand-scale systemic changes that would propel Japan into a new era. With unfaltering determination, the architects of the Meiji era charged headlong into this specter of major transformation, undeterred by the enormity of their task. And so the Meiji era began. Driven by an audacious aspiration for transformation, poised on the precipice of change and prepared to catapult Japan from a feudal isolationist state into a unified modern nation. In the following sections we will delve deeper into the specific major changes and reforms enacted during this exciting and pivotal period of Japanese history. We will explore how these changes allowed Japan to not only join but to compete in the global community and how this era laid the foundations for the modern, economically powerful, and culturally rich Japan we know today. This fascinating epoch in Japanese history saw the nation rapidly morph from a secluded, conflict-ridden feudal society into a prosperous, unified, and modern nation. Part 2. The Collapse of the Feudal Shogunate System 
In the second half of the nineteenth century, Japan was undergoing a profound transformation, precipitating from the implosion of the then-prevailing feudal shogunate system. One of the prominent features of this era was the much-stirred political instability within the Tokugawa shogunate. This regime of military autocracy, inherited by generations of the Tokugawa family since the seventeenth century, experienced a relentless political turmoil due to economic despair, class disparity, and popular dissatisfaction. Its isolationist policy, or the Sakoku keeping Japan cut off from the rest of the world, was gradually wearing threadbare, fostering discontent and rebellion, occasionally erupting in sporadic peasant uprisings. Indeed, along with the commoners, there was mounting dissension among the samurai class as well. This stemmed largely from the shogunate's inability to meet its financial obligations toward the samurais, leaving them economically debilitated. In turn, the discontented samurais became critical agents of change, a force majeure that started questioning the utility and relevance of the shogunate rule. Their disaffection, once compressed within the rigid socio-economic structure, was now venting out, fueling civil unrest and propelling the idea of an imperial rule, while ripples of upheaval had internally started to gradually unsettle Japan. Externally, Commodore Matthew Perry's expedition into Japanese waters in 1853 served as a catalyst in the eventual collapse of the shogunate regime. The gunboat diplomacy of Perry's black ships forced open Japan to international trade. It unveiled the hollowness of the shogunate, its military weakness, and incapability to resist external pressures, thus undermining its legitimacy in the eyes of its subjects and contributing significantly to the loosening warp and weft of the shogunate fabric. The incongruity of seclusion became increasingly apparent, and a country hitherto kept captive by its inward-looking policies was forced to reassess its position in a global context. The forced opening not just symbolized the intrusion of the West, but also marked the onset of a new course in the history of Japan. It sparked a national debate on whether to uphold their traditional isolationist stance or yield and establish trade relations with foreign nations. As dissatisfaction grew, factions within the ruling elite started to coalesce around the idea of reverting to the emperor-centric system, overthrowing the shogunate rule, thereby restoring imperial rule. The Sano Joi, literally translating to revere the emperor, expel the barbarians, gradually found a solid footing. This era, thus, was marked by an internal political upheaval, civil unrest amongst the samurai, and international pressures leading up to the significant metamorphosis of Japan, setting the basis for the elaborate process of the Meiji's restoration. It is important to remember that the disintegration of the two-century-long unbroken line of Tokugawa shogunate was not an isolated event. In fact, it was the result of an unprecedented convergence of internal and external factors which became the clarion call for the profound transformations that were to shape modern Japan. Part 3. Restoration of Imperial Rule The restoration of imperial rule in Japan proved to be a turning point in the nation's history, marking a shift from the rule of military shogunats towards an era of modernization under Emperor Meiji, a figurehead restored to political power after centuries of symbolic status. This transition occurred in the backdrop of a frail and deteriorating Tokugawa shogunate, tasked with addressing social unrest, economic distress, and widening cracks stemming from external pressures to open Japan to the international community. In 1868, after facing sustained resistance, spearheaded by the feudal domains of Choshu and Satsuma, the shogunate finally capitulated. 
Its fall marked the end of nearly seven centuries of military rule, paving the way for the rising power of Emperor Meiji, who was a mere adolescent at the time. Despite his youth, the Emperor soon wielded considerable influence and began implementing reforms that redirected the history of Japan onto an unforeseen trajectory. The pivotal role of the imperial court cannot be understated in this transition. It served as the fulcrum of an emerging modern state, transcending its traditionally ceremonial functions. The court, composed of loyal samurai from the victorious factions, was instrumental in transforming the political structure of the nation. It oversaw the transfer of lands and powers previously held by the shogunate, consolidating these assets in the hands of the imperial court. These activities were underlined by a strong desire to curtail the influence of the samurai warrior class, which had controlled Japanese politics and society for centuries. The proclamation of the Meiji Restoration, which came mere days after the fall of the shogunate, built on this momentum. In this sweeping declaration the Emperor envisaged a new Japan, a country that would discard the uncivilized customs of the past, seek knowledge throughout the world, and construct a modern, robust constitutional state. This was a radical call for an enlightened Japan that would keep pace with the rapid progress seen globally, particularly in the West. The Meiji Restoration was hence not merely the return of symbolic power to the monarchy. This period marked the true advent of political change, leading to the formation of a centralized and bureaucratic state that sought to balance tradition with innovation, guided by Emperor Meiji and his court. It set the stage for the subsequent implementation of a slew of reforms aimed at transforming Japan into a modern and competitive nation on the international scene. The Charter Oath and the embracing of westernized systems of governance, economics, and technology would soon follow this shift in political power, setting Japan on course towards becoming a major global power in the early twentieth century. The restoration of imperial rule was thus the critical first step in the comprehensive transformation of Japanese society, politics, and culture during the Meiji era. Part 4. The Charter Oath and Its Significance Enshrined in the history of Japan, the Charter Oath stands as a symbol of the Meiji era's commitment to modernization and reform. Planted firmly at the crossroads between tradition and progression, this document veritably serves as the cornerstone of Meiji Japan's metamorphosis into a modern state. The Charter Oath encapsulates five principles that reflect both the ambition and pledge of the Japanese people towards the growth of their nation. First among them was the call for a wide-based deliberative assembly, echoing the rise of Western-style democracy. The second principle elucidated the pursuit of knowledge to strengthen the foundations of imperial rule. This was not limited merely to political or military prowess, but extended to the cultivation of sciences, humanities, and arts, clearly testifying to the intent of holistic development. Against the backdrop of a rigidly stratified society, the third principle delivered a revolutionary proclamation, the abolishment of the ingrained class system. The fourth principle pledged international engagement on equal footing with other nations, reflecting Japan's eagerness to reclaim its sovereignty and dispel its delineation as an isolated state. Finally, the last principle declared the inviolability of law and order, aligning with the broader global paradigm set by Enlightenment thought. The dismantling of the archaic class hierarchy marked an extraordinary leap, echoing the commitments outlined in the Charter Oath. This was achieved by decreeing the emancipation of all classes, permitting individuals to choose their profession and facilitating upward social mobility. 
as feudal system was steadily replaced by modern taxation. Legal and administrative reforms became instrumental to curb any potential unrest precipitated by these profound societal changes. Furthermore, the wheels of democratic transition were set in motion by moving towards a representative system of governance as advocated in the Charter Oath. The imperial diet, a bicameral legislature akin to those in Western powers, was inaugurated, signifying Japan's unwavering resolve to shift towards parliamentary democracy. Yet this path was fraught with challenges, stemming both from within and without, trepidation within the prevailing samurai class who feared a decline in their standing and external pressures to sustain the established order of imperial control. Despite these obstacles, the Meiji era laid the groundwork for democratic governance that was to evolve over succeeding generations. In essence, the Charter Oath was more than a mere parchment of age-old declaration. Its significance lay in its centrality to the radical transformation of Japan, mandating fundamental shifts in societal norms and systems of governance. Its enduring legacy remains etched in the heart of contemporary Japan a testament to the courage to embrace change while honoring tradition. The Charter Oath, therefore, must be viewed not as a relic of the past, but as an enduring beacon lighting the path to modernity for Meiji Japan. Part 5. Modernization and Westernization Among the pivotal transformations that occurred during the Meiji era, 1868-1912, the most profound was the embrace of Western models of growth and advancement, leading to Japan's rapid modernization and Westernization and Westernization. Recognizing the West's technological supremacy, Japan embarked on a relentless pursuit of mastering Western science, technology, and modes of thought. In an attempt to escape the military threats from the Western countries, Japan sought to learn from its potential aggressors and adopted and adapted Western science and technology. True to the saying, Japanese spirit, Western things, the Meiji government embraced the advancements made in the West while preserving their national identity. Western inventions such as steam-powered trains, telegraph lines, and even advanced weaponry technology were introduced and assimilated into Japanese society. This Western influence permanently changed the scientific landscape of Japan, as Western methods of experimental scientific enquiry replaced traditional ideas. The influence of Western ideals was not limited to science and technology, but extended to changes in clothing, cuisine, and lifestyle as well. Traditional Japanese clothing, such as the kimono, was gradually replaced with Western-style suits and dresses. Cuisine saw the integration of meat into the traditional rice and fish Japanese diet as the government lifted its long-standing ban on eating meat, aiming to match the physical stature of the Westerners. Western-style buildings replaced Japanese-style architecture, and social gatherings started to resemble those of the West. Education played a significant role in promoting Westernization. The Meiji government sent promising Japanese youth, termed the Meiji boys, to Western nations to study various fields, including science, literature, and politics. These individuals became the bridges between Japan and the West, translating and introducing Western literature, arts, and scientific papers to Japan. Those who returned brought back not just Western knowledge, but also a new outlook on life which combined the best of the Eastern and Western world views. These changes, nonetheless, did not result in the wholesale adoption of Western culture. Japan throughout the Meiji era found its way of merging Western advancements and traditional Japanese values. This selective modernization and Westernization established Japan among the highly progressive nations of the world by the early 20th century, 
marking a significant chapter in Japan's history. This confluence of the traditional and the modern, the East and the West, shaped the unique cultural and scientific milieu of the era, setting the stage for Japan's eventual rise as a global powerhouse. The experiment that began in the Meiji era continues even today as Japan navigates its path in the increasingly interconnected and globalized world. This epic in Japanese history hence underscores the intricate dialectic between tradition and modernity, East and West, and identity and progress that lie at the heart of the concept of modern Japan. Part 6. The Meiji Constitution and Legal Reform one of the most significant landmarks in the Meiji Restoration was the drafting and promulgation of the Meiji Constitution in 1889. Formally named the Constitution of the Empire of Japan, it established a form of constitutional monarchy, heavily influenced by the Prussian model where the Emperor of Japan was declared as the sacred. An inviolable source of all power, but his power was also limited by a bicameral parliament and cabinet of ministers, both of whom could influence the government's decisions. This constitution was meticulously drafted by Ito Hirobumi and his team, a task formidable in its intricacies and critical in its role for shaping the new Japan. It amalgamated the demands of the domestic political climate with an aspiration to be seen as a modern nation in the eyes of the Western world. Under this new constitution, one of the monumental changes was the formation of a modern legal system. This critical reform was influenced by the civil law traditions of France and Germany and introduced a legal code that replaced the disjointed feudal laws which were heavily dependent on the dictates of the local lord. This unified legal system instilled a uniform legal order across Japan, establishing a system of courts, clear legal procedures, and more importantly, delivering justice under a centralized lawful structure. The reforms of the legal structure allowed a fair way of carrying out criminal procedures and civil law matters with the intention of creating a society where everyone was equal before the law, a concept previously estranged in an era defined by feudal loyalties and class-based practices. Following the promulgation of the Constitution, a significant milestone came to pass in 1890 with the establishment of the Imperial Diet, Japan's bicameral parliament. Comprising the House of Representatives elected by the people and the House of Peers representing the nobility and the imperial family, the Diet became a new node of power in the Japanese polity. The introduction of a legislative body independent from the monarchy showcased a dynamic shift towards a more democratic structure, albeit constrained by the limited suffrage and predominant influence of the oligarchs. Nonetheless, the presence of an elected parliamentary body was a transformative move towards the modern democratic system Japan was striving for. In essence, the Meiji Constitution and accompanying legal reforms represented a massive departure from the traditional power structures, moving towards a modern system that befitted the needs of an emerging global and industrial power in the late 19th century. Part 7. Introduction of Compulsory Education The era of the Meiji Restoration a momentous period in Japan's history, was characterized by far-reaching reforms with one of its seminal endeavors being the establishment of compulsory education. Rigorously influenced by Western pedagogical systems, Japan diligently incorporated elements of Western curricula and teaching structures whilst maintaining some distinctly traditional Japanese methods. The dawn of the Meiji era bore witness to a profound admiration for Western knowledge and methodology. This respect extended to the field of education, resulting in the Japanese government dispatching study missions to observe and analyze Western educational systems. 
These missions reported back enthusiastically on the merits of the compulsory education system, prevalent in several Western countries, leading Japan to adopt it in 1872. The new schools now emphasized subjects such as math, science, and language studies, reflective of the Western influence. To further understand this shift, it's essential to delve into the curriculum and pedagogical structure of this epoch. A vital aspect of the Western system was the use of education as a means of cultivating virtuous citizens who could contribute to the nation. Hence, ethics emerged as a key part of the curriculum, a component aimed at inculcating loyalty and patriotism amongst new generations. A blend of Western and Japanese pedagogical methods ensured innovative teaching styles while preserving traditional values. One of the key strengths of the Meiji education system was its universality. The emphasis on compulsory education intended to mold every child into a valuable citizen, regardless of social status. While this system was unfortunately not immediately feasible due to economic restraints and societal resistance, the principle of universal education was firmly established. As resources allowed, the government expanded and improved the education system, eventually reaching the point where nearly all Japanese children had access to education by the early 1900s. The significance of universal compulsory education in the Meiji era is not to be understated. Education was perceived as a conduit for modernization, laying the groundwork for the major scientific, technological, and industrial developments that Japan would later achieve. It democratized knowledge and skills, providing a platform for upward mobility. Moreover, it helped instill a shared national identity and solidarity amongst citizens, fortifying the nation as it charted its course towards modernity. In essence, the introduction of compulsory education during the Meiji Restoration was an instrumental reform that left an indelible impact on Japan's societal structure. By marrying Western methodologies with traditional values, Japan enabled a major educational shift that not only modernized its citizenry but also paved the way for the country's transformation into a global power. This illustrates the resolute vision and adaptive spirit of a nation unwilling to be left behind in the race towards progress. It sets the stage for the flurry of growth and transformation that characterized Japan during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Part 8. Industrial Revolution in Japan In the arc of Japan's history, the Meiji era bore witness to the evolution of Japan from a largely agrarian society to an industrial powerhouse underpinning the nation's rise as a global titan in the 20th century. This transformation was not merely an incidental progression of history, but a purposeful government-directed metamorphosis, contributing significantly to the landscape of modern Japan. As the Meiji Restoration, 1868, sought to consolidate power around the emperor, it heralded the collapse of feudalism and the flourishing of a central, more robust government that was primed to institute sweeping changes. Central amongst these changes was the transition from an agriculturally inclined economy to an industrial one. This marked a profound shift in Japan's economic structure, industrializing the nation at an unprecedented rate. The government's role in prioritizing industrial growth, urbanization, and modernization was instrumental in driving this transition. In its quest to modernize, the Meiji government promulgated a series of industrial policies, capitalizing on the benefits of both public and private initiatives. The government essentially functioned as an entrepreneur, setting up model factories and selling them to private investors once they became profitable. 
This balance between state intervention and laissez-faire economics created a supportive environment for burgeoning industries, particularly textiles, shipbuilding, and mining. Though initially protective, these policies eventually encouraged competitiveness and fostered a robust and resilient industrial sector. A substantial emphasis was placed on developing infrastructure, transport and communication, vital cogs in the wheel-driving industrial growth. The establishment of infrastructure like roads, railroads, bridges, harbors, post offices and telegraph lines represented a visual metamorphosis of Japan's landscape and marked a significant change in the lives of the Japanese. The progress in transport and communication bolstered commerce, streamlined logistic operations, cut down travel time, and most importantly linked the rural with the urban, the local with the urban, the local with the global. The development of the railway system, in particular, was a game-changer for Japan's industrial transition. Japan's first railway line, connecting Shimbashi and Yokohama, launched in 1872, was seen as a symbol of civilization and enlightenment, and by 1900 Japan had more than 7,000 kilometers of railway line. The railway line's construction spurred urbanization, stimulated demand for goods and services, opened up isolated regions to trade, and played a critical role in modernizing society by encouraging mobility. Similarly, the proliferation of the telegraph system, the advent of the postal service, and the opening of the port of Yokohama to international trade revolutionized communication and exchange networks. It allowed Japan to effectively coordinate economic activities, maintain law and order, manage international relations, and spread new ideas and information. Hence, the Meiji period was not just about Japan's industrial revolution. It was about shaping a modern nation's anatomy from an agrarian past. The government's proactive role and the rapid growth of infrastructure, transport and communication were the harbingers of this profound transformation. The metamorphosis set the stage for Japan's eventual success as an industrial power and left an indelible imprint on the tapestry of its modern history. Part 9. Military Reforms I among the defining developments of the Meiji era, spanning from 1868 to 1912, were its sweeping military reforms, the abolition of the samurai class, and the creation of a conscript army, a transition which irrevocably changed the fabric of the Japanese societal hierarchy. The samurai, the traditional military nobility that had held considerable power during Japan's feudal era, found themselves abruptly divested of their status and privilege as Emperor Meiji unveiled a series of reforms seeking to modernize and consolidate the nation's military power. The Haihan Shikin, a policy enacted in 1871 which dismantled feudal domains, correspondingly disassembled the cemented samurai class, severing their income and effectively rendering them common citizens. A year later the conscription law established a system whereby all males, irrespective of social standing, had the obligation to serve a set term in the military. The creation of a conscript army effectively formed a national military apparatus under the direct control of the government, abolishing the independently armed samurai forces that presented a potential threat to the stability of the fledgling Meiji state. This was accompanied by the adoption of Western military strategies and technologies. Just as Meiji Japan aspired to institutional modernity in education, infrastructure, and industry, the global military panorama was also looked upon as a performance stage where Japan needed to make its mark. Western techniques of warfare were assiduously studied, transformed, and adapted to align with Japan's unprecedented military expansion. 
The westernization extended far beyond strategy, directly impacting equipment, uniforms and artillery. The elite combat force, equipped with the latest firearms, artillery and warships, soon emerged as the epitome of Japan's western-infused military power. The French military system initially served as the primary model for Japan, but this choice proved unfortunate as France's defeat in the Franco-Prussian War of 1870-70 one prompted Japan to shift its attention to the victorious German military structure and British naval methods. This combination of German military organization with British naval tactics created a reformulated military machine that was unflappably Japanese, containing the disciplined structure and detailed planning that would characterize the nation's military strength into the 20th century. The new military correlated directly with Japan's burgeoning geopolitical strength, allowing it to expand its territories and global influence quickly. With the model of European imperialism serving as a blueprint, Japan embarked on a series of conquests extending its grasp over Taiwan, Korea, and parts of China. The new conscript army was pivotal in these endeavors, the heart and muscle of the manifesting Japanese Empire. These military reforms served not just to empower Japan, but to reshape it. In the crucible of change, the indomitable samurai class melted, reformed within the mold of a conscript army, and acted as a significant thread-weaving Japan into the fabric of the Western world. The abolition of the samurai and creation of a conscript army, together with the strategic incorporation of Western military strategies and technology, marked the dawn of a new era of Japanese military power, an era that continues to reflect in the nation's geopolitical strength. Part 10 cultural changes. The Western influence on Japan during the Meiji era sparked a profound cultural transformation that forever reshaped the island nation's art, literature, religion, and traditional customs. The transition into the Meiji period was a time marked by a deliberate and strategic embrace of Western art and literature. Japanese artists began adopting Western techniques, which challenged classical perspectives of Japanese art. This integration of styles created a unique genre known as Yokohama-e, primarily depicting foreigners in Japanese landscapes. Literature, too, began to reflect Western influences. Japanese authors adopted new literary formats, including the novel and the short story. Authors such as Tsubuchi Shoyo pioneered these changes, writing works that examined human nature and social class, themes prevalent in Western literature. With the Meiji Restoration came a resurgence of Christianity in a land where it had previously been suppressed. Despite the constraints that Christians faced during the Tokugawa era, Western missionaries re-established their presence in Japan during the Meiji period. Initially, the Japanese government saw Christianity as a vehicle for modernization and a means to understand Western thought. However, this newfound tolerance for Christianity did not equate to a significant increase in the faith's Japanese following. Most Japanese remained adherents of Buddhism and Shinto, reflecting the complex religious tapestry of the nation. The most profound cultural shifts of the Meiji era perhaps lay within the transformation of Japan's traditional culture. The government's eager adoption of Western practices transcended beyond the arts and religion, permeating daily life. Western-style clothing became fashionable, particularly for men, as Western suits were seen as symbols of modernity and progress. Major reform in the culinary arena saw the lifting of ancient taboos against consuming meat, leading the way for a rise in Western-style restaurants. Yet these influences did not erase Japan's own heritage. 
Instead, a distinct cultural hybrid was being crafted, infusing traditional Japanese values with Western practices. This transformation was not merely cosmetic. It sowed the seeds of modern Japanese culture, a mixture of both local traditions and external influences that allowed Japan to interface on equal terms with Western power. The cultural renaissance of the Meiji era, coupled with the period's economic, political and social reforms, set the foundations for the country's rise to a world power status in the twentieth century. Thus, the Meiji Restoration period was a watershed in Japan's cultural history. The integration of Western art and literature enriched Japanese artistic and literary fields, building cultural bridges with the Western world. The resurgence of Christianity, albeit limited, introduced new dynamics into the Japanese religious landscape. The westernization of everyday life during the Meiji era dramatically transformed traditional Japanese society, paving the way for Japan's successful modernization. These cultural shifts were a testament to Japan's remarkable ability to absorb external influences while retaining its unique identity. Part 11. Social Reforms we enter the narrative at a point of social upheaval when the Meiji Restoration is in full swing. One of the major societal transformations worthy of discussion is the abolition of the samurai class. The samurai, who had been the military lords and the backbone of the feudal hierarchy for centuries, found themselves stripped of their social status and roles in society. This transition resulted from the government's decisive steps towards economic modernization and westernization which saw no room for a martial class bound by traditional values and a feudal system. The eradication of samurai stipends heralded the emergence of new social classes, changing the face of Japanese society permanently. In place of the samurai, the Meiji era witnessed the rise of the Zaibatsu families. These large familial conglomerates such as Mitsui, Sumitomo, and Mitsubishi rapidly stepped into the vacuum left by the abolition of samurai stipends. The state, keen to industrialize swiftly, fostered a symbiosis with these families, who quickly monopolized their respective business sectors, be it shipping, mining, or banking. The Zaibatsus were instrumental in Japan's remarkable economic growth of the Meiji period, becoming sleek, bureaucratic engines of industry and modernization. Ultimately, the Meiji Restoration social reforms did not solely target the financial and military realms. It extended its progressive hand to the status of women in society as well. Inspired by the Western feminist movements of the era, Japan saw a noticeable, though controversial, shift in attitudes towards women. In 1872, under the new education system, both sexes were granted equal rights to education, radically altering women's societal role from mere observers to active participants in Japan's modernization. While the era did not realize complete equality, as women were still barred from political participation, it laid the foundation for the future evolution of women's rights in Japan. As we delve further into the transformational era that was the Meiji Restoration, it becomes clear just how dramatic a departure this period was from previous centuries. The social reforms provided not only a new structure to society, but also crafted a path for Japan to emerge as competitive on the global stage. As we progress in our exploration, the following sections will probe deeper into the international implications and the lasting legacy of the Meiji Restoration. Part 12. Rise of Japanese Imperialism Amidst the flurry of reforms and renovations during the Meiji era, one consequential aspect was the rise of Japanese imperialism, a strategic policy that set the trajectory of Japan's geopolitical strength. 
The imperial aspirations of the nation, rooted in nationalism and militarism, saw expansion into the neighbouring lands of Korea, Taiwan and Manchuria. This expansion marked the beginning of Japan's power projection strategy that it continued to employ into the early twentieth century. Japan's invasion of Korea in 1895 was a significant episode in its imperialistic pursuits. Its objectives remained to exert economic control over Korea, make use of its strategic geographical placement to stave off Western encroachment, and also as a launchpad to make further inroads into mainland Asia. Following its victory in the Sino-Japanese War, Taiwan was ceded to Japan in 1895. This island was strategically vital, an outpost watching over sea lanes leading to mainland China and Southeast Asia. Additionally, during the early years of the twentieth century, Japan began to gain control of Manchuria, guided by the intent of monopolizing its vast natural resources. This expansion garnered a surge of nationalism and militant spirit in Japan, drawing its populace into the thrill and enthusiasm of overseas conquest and domination. By aligning imperialism with nationalist sentiment, the government secured public support for its expansionist endeavors and unquestionable obedience to the emperor, who was portrayed as a divine warrior king. Militarism soon permeated nearly every aspect of Japanese society, infusing the population with the conviction that the nation's destiny was, without question, to dominate its neighbors. To bolster these imperial aspirations, Shintoism, Japan's unique blend of ancient gods and Confucian respect for hierarchy, was used as a state religion. Prior to the Meiji era, Shinto practices were diverse and largely localized. However, during this period state Shinto was created, a doctrine that emphasized the divine status of the emperor and the unique spiritual supremacy of the Japanese race. These ideological tools were utilized to legitimize the imperial expansion and bring unity and coherence to an otherwise diverse society. The blending of nationalism, militarism, and state-backed religion provided a powerful ideological cocktail that enabled the Japanese to embark on a path of aggressive expansion and hegemonic domination. This practice of using religion as a part of nationalism, however, was not exclusive to Japan. Throughout history, many cultures have wielded religion as a tool to assert dominance or superiority. In the case of Meiji Japan, Shinto was effectively used to deepen a sense of national identity and foster a militaristic ethos, leading the country into an era of imperialism. The rise of Japanese imperialism during the Meiji era was a consequence of an ambitious path of modernization and westernization. This period saw the transformation of Japan from a feudal society into a dynamic player on the international stage a restless power seeking to assert its position amongst its more established colonial contemporaries. The use of Shinto as a state religion, in concert with militaristic and nationalistic ideologies, helped fuel the country's imperial ambitions, further embedding the Japanese spirit into its citizens and setting a tone for the coming conflicts of the twentieth century. This phase not only reshaped the country's geopolitical landscape, but left an indelible mark on its cultural and social domains traces of which are still evident in modern Japan. Part 13. Legacy of the Meiji Restoration The Meiji Restoration irrevocably transformed Japan, allowing the secluded island nation to metamorphosize into a globally competitive power. Instrumental to this transformation was the radical shift in policies and societal structures that were hallmarks of the Meiji era, a legacy that continues to reverberate in Japan's prosperity today.
Engaging with this profound legacy involves delving into the modernization process and assessing the strategic policies that collectively generated the unprecedented momentum that drives modern Japan. The resurrection of imperial power was swiftly followed by an astonishing phase of modernization, founded not on mere imitation of the West, but on the judicious integration of Western advancements meshed with sustaining the unique Japanese cultural tapestry. Resiliently rejecting stagnant conservatism, Japan was quick to embrace Western science and technology. Policymakers embarked on an adventurous road to knowledge, studying abroad in Western nations, eagerly catching the ethos of Western scientific and technological advancements to reinvigorate Japan. Industries flourished under their watch, channeling the workforce from agriculture to manufacturing, engineering, and the services sector. The resultant industrial revolution ignited exponential growth beneath the nation's wings, propelling Japan into the global arena of industrial powers. Concomitant with economic transformation was the radical socio-political restructuring. Abolishing the archaic feudal system, the Charter Oath navigated towards a representative system, inadvertently shaping a quasi-democracy. Emulating the West, the Meiji Constitution was drafted. A historic document encapsulating Japan's adaptation towards a modern legal system crystallized in the establishment of the imperial diet, the Meiji-era policies pursued a broad-based society, aptly emphasized in the introduction of universal education. The national appetite for knowledge was whetted, fostering curiosity and commitment to an educated society. The educational reforms echoed the West restructuring the curriculum along Western pattern, although retaining a touch of Japanese uniqueness. Simultaneously, the military reforms echoed loudly across the globe. Abolishing samurai class, a conscript army was created. Japanese strategic brilliance was evident as they reinvented their military, infusing Western war strategies, ship construction skills, and weapons cultivation processes. This critical pivot in the military structure fortified Japan's international standing, making it a formidable force to reckon with. The wave of modernization and transformation was not limited to state and economy, but also seeped into cultural spheres. Traditional Japanese culture was enhanced and reshaped with Western art, literature, and Christianity. These cultural shifts were accompanied by social reforms that steered Japan away from the feudal socio-political setup, laying the foundation for a modern, participative society, often highlighted by the rise of Zaibatsu families. The legacy of Meiji restoration became conspicuously evident on the world stage. These extraordinary societal and economic improvements did not go unnoticed by the Western powers. Japan was no longer an island seclusion. It emerged as a global titan. Western nations, once eager to disassemble Japan's insular policies, now hastened to recognize and negotiate with this new eastern dynamo. Irrefutably, the dramatic transformation and subsequent recognition changed the trajectory of Japan's international relations, paving the path to a dynamic and influential role in shaping global events. Reflecting on the indomitable legacy of the Meiji Restoration, it is evident that its influence remains a vital part of Japan's meteoric rise. Every thread in the tapestry of modern Japan is colored with the decisions, reforms, and changes implemented during this transformative era. From the bedrock of economic prosperity to socio-political reforms and broad-based societal empowerment, the essence of Meiji continues to echo in Japan's astounding journey through time.
As we continue to unravel the fascinating history of Japan, the influence of this pivotal period stirs a profound admiration for the leaps of progress achieved in such a relatively short duration. Part 14. Conclusion. The Meiji Restoration and Modern Japan. As we near the end of our journey through the Meiji Restoration, we explore the profound significance it carries for modern Japan. The Meiji period, spanning from 1868 to 1912, was a turning point for the island nation as it navigated its way from feudal isolation towards international prominence. This remarkable transition was not merely a random stroke of fate, but a carefully orchestrated political maneuver welcoming the light of modernity while preserving the essence of Japanese heritage. An appreciation of the Meiji Restoration consequently lends a nuanced understanding of present-day Japan, reflecting upon the roots of its distinctive synergy of tradition and innovation. Today's Japan. One of the world's most advanced economies, a global leader in technology, and a bastion of rich cultural traditions, owes much to the foundational reforms enacted during the Meiji era. The drastic shift from a feudal shogunate to a centralized government system, the embrace of Western technology and constitutional principles, the abolition of social classes and the enactment of compulsory government-regulated education, all testify to the epoch-making reforms of the period. The remarkable metamorphosis this nation underwent in mere decades is thus a testament to the vision and resilience of a people united under a singular purpose, to place Japan shoulder to shoulder to shoulder in the comedy of world nation. Yet it would be erroneous to claim that the Meiji era is merely of historical relevance. Acknowledging its seminal significance for contemporary Japan is a pressing imperative. The Meiji restoration serves as a historical mirror reflecting the nation's ethos in the midst of the flowing currents of change. Its lasting influence permeates many aspects of contemporary Japan, be it the bureaucratic structures, legal parameters, industrial strategies, or the ingrained respect for both traditional customs and modern advancements. Indeed, navigating the waters of this delicate balance between tradition and progress, Japan's contemporary society operates within a framework propelled into existence by Meiji leaders. For instance, the Zayabatsu, the powerful business conglomerates that dominate Japanese industry today, trace their roots to the Meiji era when the government proactively encouraged commerce and industry. Similarly, the Japanese spirit, Western techniques ideology, a fusion of native spiritual values with Western technological progress, continues to shape much of Japan's approach to education, business ethics, and social norms, making the nation a unique rhapsody of East and West. Reflecting upon the Meiji Restoration, it becomes apparent that the remarkable leap of progress achieved during the era continues echoing through time. The Restoration highlighted the capabilities of a nation determined to evolve, offering present and future generations not only a historical path to traverse, but a beacon to negotiate their own paths in a rapidly globalizing world. Our exploration of the Meiji Restoration, though comprehensive, remains an opening act in understanding Japan's enigmatic character. Blending ancient customs with cutting-edge advancement, in this pursuit may we, as earnest learners, continue to delve deeper, encountering the boundless complexity and profound beauty that lies in the heart of Japan's historical and cultural tapestry. This concludes our podcast titled The Meiji Restoration and Modern Japan. We hope to see you again on our next installment of Professor Lan A. I. Explores Humanity. Thank you.